Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You didn't think any subject related to the Pittsburgh Baseball Club could make you cringe in mid-October. I'm here to prove you wrong, and I'm not even going to use any verbs. Watch this trick. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer... Daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Ready? Here they come. No verbs. Eric Handhold. I don't even know who that is. Greg Allen, Aaron Fletcher, Adonis Medina, Tyler Beatty, Tyler Heineman, Jose Godoy, Kevin Padlow, Tyler Stevenson, Peter Solomon, Zach Collins, Junior Fernandez, And last, but certainly not least, Miguel Andujar. Those are the 13 waiver claims Ben Charrington made this past summer. 13. But wait, you can't let him off that easy because there were also six others who were DFA'd by their respective teams and thus available on waivers. The players the Pirates acquired in that category are fan favorite, Josh Van Meter, Yu Chang. Eric Stout, Manny Benuelos, Jeremy Beasley, and Johan Ramirez. Why am I doing this to you again? Why am I conjuring up visions or lack thereof related to some of these names? Because I can't emphasize this strongly enough. Over the past year, according to research that was done by Alex Stumpf, our baseball beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports, 7.7% of all plate appearances by all hitters for the Pirates, came from this group of waiver rejects. 7.7%. 12.3% of all innings pitched by the pitchers came from this same group. Round that out, and you're talking about 10% of your team every last one of whom was a negative WAR player. For anybody who doesn't know what that means, WAR is wins above replacement player. If you're a zero WAR player, you are just a guy. You are just an average thing, a replacement player, not even necessarily a good one. If you're below that, it's just what it sounds like. Every last guy on this list 
was a negative, some of them disgustingly negative. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So why did this happen? Why were players like this acquired repeatedly, even at the expense of seeing what you had in the minors from some younger guys who might soon get cut loose or lost in the Rule 5 or whatever the case would be? The answer is simple. Ben Charrington wanted to have one long, glorified tryout camp in Pittsburgh. And he thought, and still thinks, that was okay. This is what we need to be doing at this phase. He thought that was perfectly acceptable to do that in Pittsburgh, at PNC Park, in front of paying fans, in year three of this front office's existence. You can make the case, I'm sure that he will, that this actually is the right thing to do. This is the right approach, because if you only hit on one or two of these guys, then the whole exercise is worth it, blah, blah, blah. But I will disagree, and I mean vehemently, because this is year three, and you don't have the right to do this to the fans on any sort of recurring, endless basis. You just don't. Not in year three. Now, who makes the rules? What's the cutoff? I don't know. It sure isn't me. But I do know this. The patience is gone, man, and that's not just me. The patience is gone with this fan base, particularly now when the rest of this whole process has at least reaped enough so that you could populate a fairly competitive roster if you would just take care of a couple positions in particular, something I've been talking about this week. The line that I keep using is that this isn't St. Petersburg, and it's not. It's not. The Rays are brilliant at what they do. The Rays are fantastic at what they do. Part of the reason for that is that nobody down there cares about baseball. Nobody goes to the games. They get no ratings. Hence, they can do whatever they want and not have it impact much of anything. In Pittsburgh, it doesn't fly, and you're going to get trashed. And because you get trashed, you're going to get trashed externally. When you get trashed externally, it works its way through your entire organization. It becomes a poison, and it makes its way all down through the system. It hurts your recruiting. It hurts your meaning of coaches and instructors and so forth, because they don't want to come into a quagmire. They don't want to come into something where they got to teach Yoshi Tsutsugo how to hit. You know what I'm saying? It hurts external acquisition of players. It hurts your payroll. It hurts your ability to do the things that you need to be doing once you've reached the stage where you have an O'Neill cruise. Everything is affected by this. That never seems to make it through to Charrington, who was doing this specific crap right through the final week, up to and including 
unceremoniously throwing Michael Chavis out on his ear in the final week. Not that Chavis was going to be any anchor for the future, but that's a lousy thing. That's a lousy thing for a guy who legit gave his all and was immensely respected in that clubhouse. They all know it. They all saw it. And they saw whatever, whoever was brought in to take his place and know for a fact that it wasn't worth it. If this team did nothing more next season than drop this nonsense, you will see an improvement of, well, I guess it would be by about 10%. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Bill Elm, who asks, DK, is there any chance the Pirates would bring back Andrew McCutcheon for a DH slash corner outfield spot? Uh, He couldn't possibly be any worse than what they had this year. You know, Bill, after not one but two conversations I had with Kutch on this subject, uh, both of them up in Milwaukee, I can tell you that he'd have been open to it last year. But nothing really came from the Pirates. They reached out at one point and then never pursued it further. It was more like it was just a contact point between the team and Steve Hammond, Kutch's longtime agent. And, well, he's not the type to be bitter about stuff or whatever. You could tell that he kind of realized that's not happening. As much as he'd appreciate it, as much as he'd welcome it, Let's put it this way. He's, in his own way, moved on. The Pirates, you can't really say that they've moved on because Kutch wasn't a player who was connected ever to this front office. So, as you've seen with Charrington in general, there's not a whole lot of sappiness and sensitivity to his approach. And again, I'm okay with that in general. I do think there are situations that you have to be mindful of, like the Chavis one that I mentioned at the end of the last segment. But where Kutch is concerned, I just don't get the sense there's any interest. And it's not any disrespect from the franchise to the player. I think it's much more about something that Charrington regularly cites, which is that he doesn't want to put somebody out there who's going to be in a position where they would legit, at least in some forms, block a player who should be getting opportunities. Now, no 100-loss team is going to be overloaded with talent. But when you're looking at the outfield and you have Brian Reynolds in place and you have to give, you have to give Jack Sawinski the full look at one of the corner spots, you've got one spot left. And I know this is what you're bringing up here. In addition to DH. And I'm not, you know, there's still enough guys. They don't blow me away, but there's still enough guys that you'd want to see out there. Jihuan Bai is probably one of them. And I could roll out a few other names as well, even if you don't like the the guys at the Travis Swaggerty, Cal Mitchell level of the organization. You also have to be open, although this is something the Pirates won't discuss in any form in advance, that... Once Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez arrive, they won't both be catchers. 
Take that to the bank. Uh, somebody's going to move out. You're going to see somebody go to the outfield. You're going to see, I don't know, maybe Davis will be put into a position where he's got that 80-grade arm that you'd want to see firing people out from right field or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But they won't both be there. So someone's going to go to a corner outfield or someone's going to go to first base. So what you're left with then is a DH. And do you want a DH that's... Boy, I have such a hard time saying anything negative about Kutch. <laughs> I'm trying here because that's the nature of the show. You got to be fair in all scenarios. I, I don't know that you want Kutch being your DH at this stage of his career. Uh, he's not got the pop that he used to have. He's still competent, as he showed this year for Milwaukee. And yes, he would be, to borrow your term, uh, better than what they have or better than a lot of what they have. But I don't know that he'd be better than other options that are out there. And really, I know the reason you're asking is the reason that a lot of people ask, and it doesn't have all that much to do with production, is you love the guy. So do I. We would all love to see him wearing a Pittsburgh uniform again. In a perfect world, he would have always been wearing one. And I say that while being fully aware that he's the reason Reynolds is in center field. But I, I'm I'm not I'm not seeing it. I'm just not. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And a reminder that just because baseball has gone away doesn't mean this show will. It's here all the time, every Monday through Friday. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.